The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Hi, my name is Nicole Tuttle, and I'm the writer and I play orally on the Lafrisian Chronicles Arson. Arson is a story about a young girl from Ohio who, after the death of her parents, must find the truth about her past, her family, and her identity. What you're about to listen to is Episode 7, Aftermath. This episode is a pivotal episode, and it comes right after Orly found out some harsh truths behind the nature of her family's murder. Thank you so much for listening, and enjoy. Welcome to Arson, a magical audio drama storytelling experience. Arson contains swearing, allusions to sexual themes, as well as themes of violence. Thank you, and enjoy this episode of Arson. The throne room exploded into battle mode after the revelation. Kaelin spoke to Arson in hushed voices and began making plans with Nick, Shelby, and Dominic. Arson barked orders to his guards, who were running in and out of the room like their lives depended on it. Which, in a way, they did. Orly sat in the center of the frenzy, unable to move, unable to breathe. She did the only thing she could think to calm herself, to make sense of what had happened. She reached into her bag, grabbed her journal, and began to write. Dear Diary, It feels like a dream. Like they died all over again. I had grieved for them when I thought it was an accident. And that was painful. And it hurt. And it just about ruined me. I don't know how I'm supposed to grieve knowing this. Knowing that they were... I was in the same room as him. The man who killed them. And I didn't know. Okay. Daniel Radcliffe, Tom Hiddleston, and James McAvoy. (laughs) Easy. Marry James, do Tom Hiddleston, and kill Daniel. Carmen, what the hell? You would kill Harry Potter? Are you kidding me? (laughs) No, I'm not kidding, Ava. James is one of the best actors of our generation, and Tom is hot as hell. (laughs) I can't believe you. I'm not sure I can live with you anymore. Ellie, what about you? Hmm. Marry Tom. Do James and kill Daniel. That's it. I'm moving out. I can't live with you traitors. (laughs) Fine. We need more elbow room here anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's mine. If it's David, tell him his rent check is in the mail. 
but it's not. <sighs> he doesn't need to know that. I don't recognize the number, but it's from my hometown. Hello? Hello. Is this Orly Sharp? Yeah, this is she. This is Officer, um, Mazis Rathmore, of the LGPD. You are Luke and Violetta Sharp's only daughter, correct? Yes. Who is it? It's the police. Miss, I am so sorry to be giving you this information over the phone. What information? I'm afraid there's been an accident at your parents' home. A fire. Okay, um, are my parents alright? I'm sorry, Orly. They... they didn't make it out. You're kidding. What's going on? I'm afraid Ellie, not, Miss Sharp. You look sick. I'd be happy to sit down with you and explain the incident if you have time to stop by the station. I'm told you no longer live in the area? You... um... that's... that's not... Ellie! Are you okay? Um... Hi, this is Ellie's roommate, Ava. She is currently freaking out. Who is this? It was a blur. Eva and Carmen were on the phone with an airline getting me a ticket home and calling my boss for me. And the next thing I knew, I was on a plane on my way to Ohio. And less than 24 hours after hearing the news, I was face to face with Officer Rathmore. He told me his name was Mazis. But I know better now. I was inches away from the man who killed my parents. And I did nothing. Orly, please have a seat. Can I get you anything? Coffee? Water? No. I am sure you have a lot of questions about the accident. Are they... Were they... Was it painful? Do you want the sugar-coated answer, or do you want the truth? Truth. Please. Yeah. It was probably incredibly painful. What happened? Faulty gas line, as far as we can tell. Kitchen. <laughs> Miss Sharp? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just... <laughs> That's ironic as hell. My parents didn't cook. Ever. In fact, we maybe used our oven twice a year. It's just... It's ironic that the one room in the house that they never used was the one that killed them. <laughs> Isn't that just... Just so ironic? <laughs> Orly, I am so sorry for your loss. Truly. I think you and I should have a discussion, a more in-depth conversation about your parents. How much did you know about what they did for a living? What? <coughs> Sorry. 
I'm sorry. I need to take this. Um, thank you for your time, officer. Orly, we need to continue this conversation. And I need to plan a funeral. So thank you, Officer Ethelor, and goodbye. Gregor, how soon can you get here? Bring back up. This one may be more difficult to get alone than we thought. How did I miss it? How did I sit there across the table from a murderer and thank him? I feel sick. Nix and Caitlin are running around talking to guards and Dominic and Shelby are writing, creating some sort of board to track him and King Arson keeps watching me. I think he's waiting for me to break into a million pieces. Frankly, so am I. Orly. Orly is shaken from her writing as Kaylin approaches her. She places her journal in her bag and watches him. Come with me. Kaylin extends a hand for her. She eyes it suspiciously. Where are we going? I'm taking you home. I don't have a home anymore. I'm taking you to my home for the night. Nix, Shelby, Dominic, and I will all be there. We will protect you. You need rest. And then what? And then what, Kaylin? Am I just stuck here for the rest of my life? Or do I go back to Earth, or the human realm, or whatever you call it? Am I ever going to be safe again? Where is my home, Kaylin? I don't have any family left, and I am not who I've always thought I was. What do I do after this? Pretend that everything's fine and live with you and your house, or do I move into my parents' old cottage? Or do I get to go back to New York City and pretend like Lafresia doesn't even exist? Orly. My name is Ellie, dammit. Ellie. I'm sorry. I don't have answers for you, but tonight you need to rest. Tomorrow we will come back and discuss a plan of action with the king. I'm sorry, Caitlin. I. I didn't mean to. Don't apologize. I'm sorry. I can't imagine how you must feel right now. We're all set here, Kaylin. We can leave now. And tomorrow? We need to be back first thing to talk to the king about our plan. He wants us to come up with a few options to present him with tomorrow. We can have an official meeting once we get to your place, Kaylin. Are you okay, Ellie? No. But thanks for asking, though. We're gonna take care of you. <laughs> That's our job. I know. Thanks. Let's go. The five of them quickly exit the throne room, leaving the guards and the king still actively engaged in heated conversations behind them. Once outside, Orly saw that the bright blue sky and sun-like stars had darkened to reveal a deep blue canvas and thousands of familiar-looking bright lights dotting the expanse. Nighttime in Lafrasia looked similar to nighttime on Earth. Worley wasn't sure if that realization comforted her or not. The group walked in silence across town. The stores had closed for the night, and the lights in the cottages had been shut off. The town was asleep. The four guard members formed a structured square around Orly 
unlike the free-form blob they had walked in earlier. This was rigid, protective. They were working. It didn't take long to make it to the other side of Hollow Light, but once they had reached the edge of town, they ventured into the forest. They continued silently down the dirt path into the woods until they reached a two-story cottage of brick. It, too, was covered in ivy, and it was surrounded by a metal gate. The guard didn't speak until they were safely inside. Shelby, get her settled in and then we'll discuss. Why do I have to do it? It's Kaylin's house. He needs to put the charm on. Then he can do both. Just show her upstairs. Please. Why don't you show her upstairs? Please stop talking about me like I'm not here. I'm sorry, Ellie. We just have to be thorough here. I get it. But respectfully, this has to do with me, so I'm not leaving this room so you can all have some hush-hush conversation. I'm staying here. Ellie, I get that you're upset. We have a job to do, and... It's not exactly... You don't understand. She can stay. But Caitlin... Isn't that against the rules? She's right. This is about her life and her future. She deserves to have a say. Thank you, Kaylin. Did you get the charm up? Yes. We're secure now. Charm? A type of magic that secures a resident's home. It prevents anyone outside the home from hearing what is said inside or entering without the resident's permission. It's called the Cosent Charm. It's actually pretty advanced magic. Only Kaylin has the ability to cast it of the four of us. So fairies can do magic. We can. Cool. But each fairy's magic is unique to that person. Like a thumbprint. For example, I'm really good at informative magics. Informative magics are the school of magic that has to do with intelligence and understanding. I can speed read, recall anything I've ever heard or read, and... Um, say I'm in a room full of a thousand books. I can find the one I need with one little spell. <laughs> That's actually kind of amazing. Shelby here is well-versed in the suggestive magics. That school focuses on comprehension and manipulating the perception of words and actions. I'm basically a lie detector, and I'm very convincing when I want to be. Nyx is our combative magic specialist. Powerful, quick, able to anticipate an opponent's next move. It's really interesting. Like a mind reader. I'm not a mind reader or anything. I'm just able to think ahead and discern weaknesses. It's kind of like mind reading. And Caitlin is our resident protective magic user. Shields, locations, bonds, and links. So you can... I can create shields for myself and others. Like the one I created for the house. I also have the ability to locate people. I can find where they are simply by focusing on them. Oh, oh, tell her about the links! I also have the ability to create links and bonds with certain individuals. Basically, he can create a communication line with someone, like a telepathic bond. Wow. You can do that with anyone? Only those that I have had significant connections to. That's fascinating. So, all fairies have one of these types of magic? Well, kind of. We're all relatively powerful. Most fairies can do the basic fey magic, but most of the fey that are in the guard are specialized in one school. Did that make sense? Did my parents have any specialized magic? Your father had protective magics. 
We don't know if your mother had any. Do I have any magic? Probably not. It would be unlikely if you haven't developed it by now. I wouldn't be so sure. Remember under the bridge? She shielded herself from my touch. Oh, right. That's true. So maybe I have some of those protective magics too? Like my dad? Might be possible. We can test it if you'd like. Later, Dominic. We have bigger things to discuss tonight. Nix is right. One discovery at a time. Magic tomorrow. Tonight, we need to discuss your safety. Thank you for listening. Today's episode was written by Nicole Tuttle and edited by Mariah Clausen, and featured the vocal talents of Nicole Tuttle, Michael Porteous, Emily Buza, Ace Corsaira, Wes Haas, Mike Crawford, Daniel Santoy, Mimi Brown, and Rin Moran. This episode was edited by Brad Colbrook and featured the music of John Bartman, and I am Sophia Derisi. Want to stay up to date on all things arson? Follow our social media for more information about upcoming episodes at Arson Audio on Twitter. If you enjoyed today's episode, subscribe to our show on your favorite podcasting site and leave a review. Until next time, listeners. <laughs> <laughs>